0: Hello, Samuel.
1: Cardiovascular number two. (sighs) Woohoo! Sorry, I've used up all my energy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's because you've been listening to uh, Ricky Gervais' podcasts. I know you. That
1: doesn't use up a huge amount of energy. Wouldn't our podcast be a lot better, though, if we had Carl Pilkington?
0: The man. I think he's genius. You think he's a little bit short, don't you?
1: A little bit short? Yeah. Of genius? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think he's brilliant. He's so funny.
1: His brain works very differently to everybody else's, which makes him so interesting.
0: Yeah, and geniuses have that kind of brain? Okay, maybe. (laughs) I like him.
1: Geniuses are capable of higher thought processes, probably.
0: Yeah, he's a little bit whacked out on some of his theories of uh, evolution and, um, you know, population control and things like that, but very, very entertaining.
1: He thinks a lot, he just often doesn't quite get it. But then Ricky Gervais is. Very very good, but sometimes Carl's right and Ricky's wrong.
0: I like it when um, Ricky Gervais laughs because his laugh is like this kind of maniacal, kind of shrieking, like you can't believe what's coming out of Carl's mouth.
1: Yeah, it's very, very good to listen to. Anyway, so, yeah, listen to those after your exams or something. Go to RickyGervais.com or search iTunes for Ricky Gervais and listen to the genius that is Carl Pilkington.
0: There you go. Nice little ad there.
1: I reckon we can ask the school manager if they'd stump up funds for a... The get the guest Carl Pilkington.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, that would be so good. That'd be awesome. But no, I doubt it very much.
1: Yeah, his views on his thoughts of evolution and biology are fascinating.
0: Yeah, uh, science fiction, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough enough yeah, of it's that. Getting
1: back into Scott Sigler territory, that isn't it?
0: Yeah, I love him too. Anyway. Okay, so right.
1: What are we doing today? What? This is cardiovascular number two because we this is episode eleven of the Salmon Re Show. <laughs> embryology with sam and ree yep um but it's the second of the three cardiovascular podcasts that we're going to do yeah and we've had a lot of um interest (laughs) requests hassle yeah (laughs) Uh, which is good because it shows these podcasts are well used and that you guys like them and they're helpful which is why we're doing them so that's good i think it's cut down on the number of tutorials this year definitely (laughs) which is good
0: So today we're going to do the heart, basically, aren't we?
1: But yeah, so we did the blood vessels last time. We're going to do the heart, which is number two. And we've already recorded a podcast with Geraint Morris uh, about the changes to the circulation at birth.
0: We'll pop that one in the end.
1: And that'll link nicely into the blood vessels podcast and this one, hopefully. So that's already done. So if we do this one, can we have a bit of a break? Because we've rattled out, what, three podcasts, four podcasts in the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, actually we've done quite well. But we did want to get this done before everyone's exams and stuff, so yeah you know, pat on the back for both of us i think it's hard work
1: this <laughs> it's helping my embryology yeah it's, it's hard no definitely trying to, work out how to pull this across
0: definitely it's helping my embryology no end
1: so we'll have a bit of a break after this one then okay deal maybe we'll learn about neuroembryology Oy. well next to <laughs> next to <turn laughs> head neck anatomy so that will be a good time to relearn our neuroembryology i think
0: i'll have to build myself up for that yeah cool okay <laughs> so today should we get on to today's stuff
1: well, you know, if you're entirely ready.
0: I don't know. Are you entirely ready?
1: Yeah. This is going to be a real shared effort. I'll do bits, you do bits. Okay. Um, But the structure is going to be... Uh, well, we talked about blood vessels, didn't we, in the cardiogenic region, mm-hmm. and that the heart starts from a simple tube. Yeah. So we'll start there-ish. We'll talk about that tube and how it loops. And then we need to talk about the coronary vessels, probably, the, yeah, the yep. coronary arteries yeah, and, yeah. and the veins. And then probably the... Most crucial part is the the scepter. How how the heart is then the simple tube is divided up into essentially four chambers. Easy. E- easy. It what well, it is. It's it's straightforward until you start looking at the detail. Then it gets confusing. <laughs> yeah. If you look at it, we'll try and present not a bit more than an overview, <laughs> but uh, we'll try and present it in, in at the level that's useful. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. All right. Well, like we said, the heart stops from um, a tube. Whereas actually, we mentioned in the last podcast that. There's endocardial tubes that are um, ventral t- in the embryo, about neck region, didn't we say? So.
1: Yes. Uh, and do you remember what the tube forms from?
0: Mesenchyme. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Mesoderm, and the blood islands, and the endothelium. Blood um, islands. yeah, because students always ask, you know, is it endoderm, ectoderm, mesoderm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Cool. So the cardiogenic area tube forming in that region and there is a bit of movement up and down isn't there but we'll skip over that
0: yeah and 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 so at this stage our endocardial like heart tube is basically it's got endothelia inside doesn't it lining it and it's also got some um myocardium around as well
1: and that's what makes it different to the other blood vessels that's what makes it the future heart is that it has some cells which have differentiated differently become cardiac cells so they are myocardial cells they're the cardiac muscle cells of the future you want me to shut the window? I'll yeah, it's a window. bit noisy. Hold on a sec. Okay. So <laughs> I'll have like the sound effect of me walking across the room.
0: <laughs> okay, so we've got this <laughs> We've got this heart tube. Um, and it's actually um attached, so you know, so certain things get attached in the body to stop them all moving around when everything else is developing. So the mesocardium attaches dorsally the um heart tube that's developing yes
1: yeah, so we looked at the gut tube didn't we in the yeah so yeah. the gut's hanging off the back um and it you know and, and the liver develops in a, a ventral mesogastrium a ventral sheet of connective tissue and the heart again is held in place just by a dorsal sheet of connective tissue
0: called the mesocardium brilliant mm-hmm. and it's held in this position to keep it also within the pericardial cavity
1: yeah so that's the space that the heart's developing in there the pericardial cavity cool um okay so what happens to the the mesocardium then, the dorsal mesocardium. Breaks down? Yeah, it just, it breaks down, doesn't it? So that um, the heart is then attached at the top and the bottom. Uh, and yeah. there's a space all the way around it. Yeah, so that yeah. space then is a the pericardial sinus. Just a couple of other terms, okay, which you might see. And then um, we have this tube and the venous input is coming into the bottom. So the caudal part of the heart tube, that's where the blood's coming in. So all those, all those veins we spoke about, the vitiline veins, the cardinal veins, and the umbilical veins... Pouring blood into there. Coming in the bottom. And then at the top is the arterial outputs. The blood's going out there into the first aortic arch and out then to the dorsal aorta on the left and the right. Cool. And that's the flow. And then the blood's going around the embryo and uh, placenta and bitaline veins and the bitaline circulation and so on and so on.
0: That works out quite well, really. The heart actually starts beating at about 22 days, I read. Yeah, yeah. Quite impressive when you think about that.
1: Yeah, it's it's surprising how early many tissues are actually functioning. Hmm. Because the heart is very visibly functioning when it's working. can <laughs> think, see these cells beating.
0: Yeah, excellent. So so now we've got a heart tube.
1: What happens then?
0: It has to fold.
1: Yeah. So the the myocardium starts to thicken up. Okay. Um, and we get if we're talking about the pericardium, we should talk about. Uh yeah. Pericardial okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's mention that. that area. So. The, we've got the we've got the endothelium in the middle of the tube we've got the myocardium that starts to thicken that's going to be the muscle um, and then some of the mesothelial cells so that the mesoderm cells line in the space of the body cavity of yeah. the body cavity are going to differentiate and start to form the epicardium so then we have we're going to have the three layers we'll have the endocardium the myocardium and the epicardium And the epicardium is you know it's the visceral pericardium cool yeah okay so you know that's nice isn't it already we, we can see three layers of the heart and it's still pretty much a simple tube but then you wanted to say that it loops yeah so from about day 23 yeah and the following yeah about 23 days, days, days it starts to bend it starts to lengthen and fold so what happens then we call this the cardiac loop don't we what what are the changes there
0: okay well basically as i understand it it folds in two ways essentially we get a bulboventricular fold and an atrioventricular fold before we do talk about the folds we should talk about the the shape that the heart tu- the the parts of the heart tube has
1: okay yeah because it's also getting shape at this stage. yeah isn't it? so we're getting distinguishing factors
0: various. yeah so if we start where the blood comes in okay so it's coming in so that's going to be a venous you know derivative so we've got the sinus venosis it okay at the bottom. yeah starting at the bottom blood coming in sinus venosis then we come up and it um changes its name to the primitive atria okay
1: yep
0: and then it goes into the primitive ventricle yep further up into something called the bulbous cordis Uh okay and then before the blood comes out the last thing it travels through is the truncus arteriosus cool okay and then because that helps directly
1: relate those bits to future adult parts of the heart Uh, exactly exactly
0: and and also that helps us when we look about the heart uh Tube folding because bulboventricular groove. Well, what's that going to be between the bulbous cordis and the um, primitive ventricle? That's right. easy. Okay, yeah. Atrio, atrioventricular groove is going to be between the primitive ventricles and atria. You see? So they're the specific points that it bends.
1: So from what you've said, then the atria or the atrium is beneath the ventricle.
0: Yeah, oh. Which
1: I know. This isn't what we have in the adult,
0: is it? No, and then because that's when all everything all folds up on itself. And we get something a little bit closer to um, adult structure.
1: So it folds and flops, (laughs) flops forward. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good image. Uh, So the atria or the atrium, they're going to become kind of two spaces, which aren't really divided. So we might call them atrium or atria. Yeah. Uh, But the atria then kind of go dorsal and up. They go yes superior or posterior cranially so it, as as kind of the middle bit of the uh the heart tube flops forward the atrium rises up posteriorly and the bit that's flopped forward then is the ventricle yes so it starts to look a little bit more adulty we've got the ventricle uh anterior and inferior or ventral and caudal and we've got the atrium um <laughs> mind on we've got the vent the the atria then <laughs> posterior and superior, or in the embryo we might say ventral and cranial oh.
0: look at a picture
1: <laughs> that might have helped that might have confused okay. okay so that's basically what we mean by the cardiac looping
0: okay right? and 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 the heart has to loop because it it's kept within the um pericardial cavity um and there's not enough space for it because it's elongating, so basically that's sort of one of the reasons that we initiate the folding. Cool. Yep. Okay. Fit it all in.
1: Sweet.
0: Okay. Now what?
1: That's the tube and the looping. Yeah. So next we said we were going to talk about the coronary vessels. Oh, uh, yeah. If I talk about the sinus venosus first, that relates well to the blood vessels we spoke about last time. Okay. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay. So you've got those three pairs of veins coming into the bottom of the heart, the vitiline veins, the cardinal veins, and the umbilical veins. And those are going to form the parts of the superior vena cava and the inferior vena cava. But they're also going to, as they push up and things start to degenerate and change shape and so on, they're also going to form the coronary sinus. So that's where the coronary vessels, the coronary veins, are going to drain blood back into uh, the adult atrium. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 Yeah. And this is going to form kind of the smooth part of the right atrium and the the valves if you like of the IVC and the S V C the end of the right atrium. Okay. All that stuff there is gonna come from the sinus phonosis. Right. The sinus phonosis is basically all of the veins coming together at the bottom of the heart into the atrium of the embryological heart. Do you want to talk about the coronary arteries then?
0: Okay, coronary arteries, because I quite like those, okay? Coronary arteries develop from two sources. We've got the angioblasts Um, which migrate from elsewhere. They include neural crest cells, okay? And we've also got um, epicardial cells that are involved in making these coronary arteries. And what happens is these cells aggregate, they come together. The epicardial cells um, sort of um, transfer back to a kind of mesenchyme, okay? Because remember, they're going to make connective tissues and blood vessels. They all come from mesenchymal origin, okay? So those cells do that. They form these blood vessels, and then these coronary arteries invade the aorta. They grow, they physically grow into the aorta to then get the blood from it to supply the heart. How cool is that?
1: Quite the opposite of what you'd expect. Yeah. You'd expect angiogenesis to take them out of the aorta. Yeah. But that's not true, you say. I know. Funky.
0: I know, it's cool, that bit. Okay, thank you for that. Next. Um,
1: Yeah, so that's the coronary vessels done. Sweet. Just about... Fifteen minutes in.
0: Oh, we're flying today.
1: Doing well, but now we've got the big chunk. <laughs> we've got the scepter. Yeah. Okay. So we've got kind of the shape of the adult heart almost, but we've got the blood essentially flowing through one tube. Yeah. Now we've got to split that tube up. We've got to split the atrium from the ventricle, or the atrium from the ventricles, and we've got to split the, the atria atrium into left and right, and the and ventricles. We've got to split the ventricles. Yeah. Okay. And right. Quite quite a lot heck to do. Does that happen? Okay. What should we do first? I, I think mean, that's a trick with the order.
0: Well, I reckon we should do atrial venti- atrial ventricular and then the aorticopulmonary. Yeah, not? sounds
1: good. There's well,
0: those three, and then and then we'll look at valves and stuff.
1: So, should we split the atria off from the ventricles first? Okay. And then we'll talk. About Is that
0: what you meant? No, I meant split the atria first. Okay,
1: Okay, let's split the atrium first. Okay. Because that's nice.
0: Yeah, so um, currently the blood can just flow straight across from the right atria to the left, yeah?
1: Yeah, and we've got a number of blood vessels uh, going into the atria and coming off the ventricles. So, yeah, the blood flow is quite different to the adult. Yeah. So when the atria start to get split... Um, there's a growth of the wall from the top of the atrium to the bottom, splitting into two cavities. But there's always a hole between the two. So, this is the septum primum. It grows down from the top, from the roof, down to the bottom. And the hole that's beneath it, as it's growing down, is called the osteum primum. As it reaches the bottom, uh, uh, a hole starts to form in the top of the septum primum. You've got little fenestration, little holes which become a bigger hole. Yeah. And that's the ostium secundum. Yeah. So blood can always flow from the right side to the left side. Yep. From the right atrium to the left atrium. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that septum is never completely separating the two yeah. in embryonic or fetal life.
0: Yeah. Right, okay. So we've got the septum primum with the hole, the septum secundum in it. Um, and then, the whole the
1: secundum. oh,
0: yeah, sorry, the osteum right. secundum. You're right. And then, on the right hand side of the septum primum, um, grows the septum secundum. Okay, so we've got a whole separate Why septum. Why on earth
1: would you grow a second septum when you've already got a perfect uh-huh.
0: Genius, this is. There is also a hole left in the septum secundum, and this hole is called the foramen ovale the um, septum primum on the left hand side and the septum secundum on the right hand side okay now there is still the flow of blood can come from the right hand side to left it can still go through and it has to go through the two um the the foramen ovale and the ostium secundum um and what actually happens is that the septum primum becomes the valve for the foramen ovale and um, at birth when the pressure changes to increase on the left hand side this pushes the septum primum closing the um, foramen ovale and then it eventually grows and becomes fixed and we call it the fossa ovalis in the heart
1: okay so that So the septum secundum and the septum primum work together to form a little flappy valve. Basically. Allowing blood to flow from the right to the left atria. Yeah. So we can bypass the lungs, as we spoke about last time. And all of these little bits we've spoken about, the septum primum, septum secundum, ostium secundum, and so on and so on, the whole structure there is then the foramen ovale. Yeah. And fossa ovale in most of us adults.
0: Yeah, so that's...
1: And you can still see that if you look at an adult heart. Yeah. Get your thumb in there.
0: <laughs> so so that is how the atria split. Clear as mud. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's do... What well, do you well, want to do, the well, ventricles? Well,
1: should we then split the ventricles, or we should, should we split the atria from the ventricles? I'd like to split the ventricles. Let's split the ventricles, because that's easy.
0: Ish, yeah. Oh, well, it actually it is, because we've got the ventricles, Um, so they're at the bottom of the heart now, and the interventricular septum essentially just grows up from the bottom.
1: Yeah. So we say ventricles, so we've kind of got these two separate sacs, but they're not properly separated yet in the midline. They're still linked, but they're two they're ventricles because they're too sacky. If you can see what I was doing with my hands right now, it <laughs> makes <complete> sense. That's <laughs> not going to help anybody. But you've got, two, you've got ven- two sacs, which are ventricles, and they're going to get split. Yeah. So they get bigger. And then what, in the midline, you kind of get the muscular growth. Yes. Coming up from the bottom upwards, Yeah, starting to split the left and right ventricles.
0: Yeah, and and the intraventricular septum actually has two parts. It has the muscular part, and that's the bit that we've talked about that's growing from the bottom up. And then it also has a membranous part, which very conveniently ties in with um, the third septum that we're going to talk about.
1: Yes, the, the uh, endocardial cushions, which are going to separate off the atria from the ventricles. Yeah. So from there, um, there's a little bit of growth Which is the membranous part of the interventricular septum, which grows down to meet the muscular part, and will completely separate the the right and left ventricles. Up until that point, there's a little hole there, though. Yeah. um, Which is the um, interventricular Foramen. foramen. Which makes sense if you think about it. Yes. So again, there's a little bit of there's a link between left and right until those have grown together.
0: Yeah. So it's quite straightforward, really, that one.
1: Right. So we need to talk about how those atria get split from. The ventricles then. Okay. But they don't get completely split, do they? There are holes in the middle, as we know.
0: Yes, because we have valves there called different things for the left and right. Yes,
1: yeah, so well our ultimate aim then is to send blood from the right atrium into the right ventricle and out, and then into the left atrium through to the left ventricle and out. Yeah. Right. How are we gonna do that then?
0: <laughs> okay, well we have what we call atrioventricular canals that need to form, okay? So you mentioned endocardial cushions. Do you want to talk about a little bit more about those? Yeah, we, can, we can stick
1: up a diagram for this as well. But um, if we have this, 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 this canal linking the atrial space to the ventricular space, the walls of that canal um, start to push together. So we have endocardial cushions. Now the endocardial cushions uh, on the superior wall and the inferior wall push together to split um into left and right so a, so we've canals. had a, a common
0: atrioventricular canal and then we need to make two so
1: that's why yeah. yeah so front and back superior and inferior just because of the way the heart is led, but it's kind of anterior and posterior you might want to think it like think of it like that the walls push together and meet to um give two canals left and right and then on top of that a little bit later two lateral endocardial cushions on the left and right side start to push in as well and what we have then is we have as you said one canal and then we have two canals after the endocardial or, and atrioventricular cushions have pushed together to form two lumens.
0: I see so and those two canals that form we then get they end up having the bicuspid tricuspid valves am I right?
1: Yes yeah, so we've got a hole on the right and a hole on the left yeah um, and there are proliferations of the mesenchymal tissue so yeah. the connective tissue there Um, which start to form valve structures. And those bits of tissue start to get thin, so they become more valve-like, which may be due to the blood flow or some other reason. I think it is. Blood flow is important. Uh, And uh, they're then attached to the heart wall by cords, first muscular cords, then connective tissue cords. And the papillary muscles and what have you. So those are the cordy tendony and papillary muscles.
0: So that's essentially how that forms?
1: Yeah, so we get the bicuspid and tricuspid valves. Which way round are they?
0: Ah, if you try hard enough you might just get it right. Try right side.
1: I thought if you're a really bad speller, try cuspid, you could rearrange the letters of try to make right. Well, writ. <laughs> like I said, my brain is a bit different.
0: <laughs> like I said, if you try hard enough you might just get it right.
1: Good. So we I'll def- never remember that. <laughs> Try hard enough, you might
0: just get it this right. This lot will, no problem. Right. right, okay. So we've done the atrial division, we've done the ventricular division, um, we've looked at the valves. What else do we need to look at?
1: Well, um there's also a splitting of the great vessels as they come out of the ventricles.
0: Yes, there is. Yes, the truncus arteriosus.
1: Yeah, it starts off as one tube and we've split the ventricles into two. But we've got to s- split the truncus arteriosus, this originally one single large vessel, into the two vessels that leave the left and right ventricles. The aorta and the, the
0: pulmonary, pulmonary trunk, I sorry. <laughs> no, on.
1: Okay, do you want to do that?
0: Um, I can do a little bit of that if you like. It happens quite early on. It's in the fifth week. Um, But basically... Yeah, we...
1: all of these processes are pretty much occurring together, aren't they? Yeah, the yeah, sorry, week, they so. are simultaneous. Yeah, so this is one of the later ones, probably.
0: Um... Basically, in the truncus arteriosus, we uh, form ridges or swellings, if you like, on the inside of the wall. Um, they're called bulba ridges. Um, they Basically, they come together. They can be... They also get a bit of um, input from neural crest cell migration as well, which is quite a, just an interesting Neural crest cells Get everywhere. Um, Multipurpose. Yeah.
1: Swiss Army knife.
0: <laughs> so we get our bulbar ridges forming and we also get truncal ridges. They're the same thing. It's just forming on the inside of these... Um, this truncus arteriosus uh-huh. they form they fuse they go through a 180 uh rotation so they end up being spiraled
1: it's a lovely spiral shape
0: yeah um and that and they so when they fuse they end up being the aortico-pulmonary septum and so then that means the division is aorta and pulmonary trunk We
1: get two vessels from one
0: yeah and because of Excellent. this 180 this this twisting rotation spiral kind of shape that we see That's why um, in the resulting adult, we have that kind of twisting of the um, pulmonary trunk around the aorta. Clever, eh? Ah. Yeah. And also, uh, another little point on this is that the inferior end of this septum, this aorticopulmonary septum, also merges with the membranous part of the intraventricular septum that we saw before. Tidy. That's
1: it? Yeah, that's nice. We, we, We split it up. Cool. Okay, so that's development of the heart. I think Not that's right. Usual time there with 26 odd minutes. Excellent. Okay, so that's it. We've done a lot of podcasts recently. Can we have a bit of a break now?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll put Geraint's on the end of this.
1: Geraint's is recorded, so we'll put that up as well. Bear in mind the holes we've been talking about and the, the links between the left and the right sides of the heart and the blood flow and the blood vessels, and Geraint will talk about all the clinical aspects of that. and very, how that very, very birth. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? um And we'll go and read about neuroembryology.
0: Oh, don't! It's giving me a headache already.
1: Oh, headache.
0: Um. Oh, just quickly, what are we going to do about um pharyngeal arches and endocrine and stuff?
1: Well, we've already there. Already exists a couple of podcasts about endocrine embryology and development of the pharyngeal arches and what they do. Mm. But if we find time in the future, we'll record them again together. With me. We'll yeah. give you a little tutorial. Yeah. No. Okay. We, that could, we good. could discuss it. Um. So we could do those again. But uh, I don't think we'll hurry to do those. I think we've we've covered all of the areas we wanted to cover. Yeah. By the time of the exams, um, either in the old format or the new format.
0: I wonder who I can get to do my part of neuroembryology.
1: It's not. I mean, if you think it's neural tube, that's all right. And then there's some brain cavities and folding and swelling and stuff.
0: Mm. Like I said, bit of more bit more work involved.
1: Read the textbooks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Rhi. Thank you very much. Bye, Talks everyone. Talk to you Fish bash boss. Thank you very much. ta